Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share our message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode five of season two. Today, we are speaking with a really good friend of mine, um, a mentor of mine who I've known for a very long time, Steve Cutler. Steve is the host of the Evolve podcast, which has been downloaded in over 20 countries in just over 10 months. Super cool. Steve has been hosted on our primary podcast, which will be released in January of 2022. So be sure to check out Steve's story on Boundless Body Radio when that comes out. Steve Cutler, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Great Absolutely. To be here. Such an honor. Uh, thanks for appearing on a podcast with such a silly name. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually love the podcast. I think it's uh, it's a great niche. I, I think it's super cool that you're doing it. Well, thanks, man. Um, it's kind of fun. You know, you and I kind of worked together initially when both of us were getting started with podcasting. We started about the same time. And so you and I have kind of learned this process together. And we meet up, you know, once a month. We we text all the time. We call each other, uh, share ideas back and forth. And so it's, it's really cool to have you on. And I really want to learn about your process and how it has evolved over time. When was it first in your consciousness that you wanted to start a podcast? Yeah, it's a good question, but I'm not really sure what the answer is. I probably 15 plus years ago, 15, almost 20 years ago, I had a uh, radio show on Saturday mornings um, that was uh, like a health and fitness radio show. And I had a, such a great time uh, doing that show. But that was typical at that time that if you didn't live in the in the area that you were uh, putting the show out, you couldn't continue. I mean, podcasting is pretty amazing where you can podcast from literally anywhere and get it out there. And you don't have it's not location specific radio at the time. If you couldn't get into the studio, there was no way you could produce. And so, uh, you know, we lived in the Utah Salt Lake City area at the time. And we were moving to Cincinnati and I had to get about my radio show. And so ever since then, I thought it'd be fun to do another radio show. And then as podcasting started to take off, there was this idea that, well, maybe one day, maybe one day I'll start a podcast. And then, uh, gosh, the pandemic hit. And I think you and I have the same idea at the same time. And so one day when we were out uh, grabbing some food together or just... uh, Sure enough, I think you were further down the road than I was, but uh, we we had that idea and got rolling on it. 
Mm. And not just grabbing any food either. We were grabbing the best avocado toast <laughs> in Utah yeah, at the Honeysuckle yeah. Cafe. Such great memories <laughs> meeting there every month. It's, so great. Yeah, such a great place. We actually <laughs> got our pump, our uh, pies for Thanksgiving from there as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Now, that's a really <laughs> cool point place. about um, about podcasting. I mean, you're taking this call not from your normal studio. You're taking this call on vacation 300 miles away, and we're able to shoot, you know, audio file up into the you know the outer space and bounce it back off a satellite and back down it's pretty cool um that we have this technology i along with understanding um you know when you wanted to start a podcast tell us a little bit about why you wanted to start a podcast what was your purpose you know i i just love talking to people i mean one of my favorite things to do is to have conversations with people um but also i felt like that uh, over the years through uh leadership development coaching that i've done uh, and then speaking engagements, I, I thought there's some message out there with a wide variety of people that we could put out that might be beneficial, might be helpful. And so I think it was a combination of my selfish desire to talk to interesting people and then uh, maybe a little bit more of an altruistic, let's get some messages out there that will help people. I think that, um, gosh, early on in the pandemic, when you and I got on the phone and we were talking about what we're seeing and what's going on around us, I noticed that um, the pandemic and being at home and you know not uh, being around other people was really tough for a lot of people. And when things started to loosen up a bit and, and people started to go out a little bit more, I ran into people that I saw and thought were really, uh, you know, inspirational people, tough people, and their whole world had been pulled out from under them. And I think one of the things that I was fascinated with as you and I talked, and then uh, my co-host, Miles, we, the three of us would get on phone calls and we just noticed that there was, uh, there were a lot of people that when they didn't have their normal day-to-day life, the entire rug had gotten pulled out from under them. And I thought, gosh, you know what? There's, uh, there's more to life than just the one or two things that we have um, in our day-to-day. And I think it's probably time for us as a society to evolve and get better and have a, a wide variety of interests. And so that's really where the idea for the podcast came from, I think, was just to say, what if we just introduced a wide variety of topics to people and help people to understand that the two or three things that they focus on in life uh, don't just have to be those two or three things. And if they expand beyond that, they might have some uh, some more interest and uh, more, and they might become more interested. And in, you know, who knows where their life can evolve from there. Mm, I love that. I love the idea of evolution evolving. I love that you chose that name, the name for the branding as well. Can you tell us a little bit more about why you chose your format? You you do an interview style um, kind of format. You could have been done a solo podcast, but instead you decided to interview other people. What was it about other people's stories that you wanted to share so much? Well, I think, um, you know, for me, I've always loved hearing about people's stories and talking and conversing. And so, um, you know, I've, we've actually tried a few different uh, um, parts to our format, I guess. We've done where just my my partner and I talk. Um, I've done a couple of them where I'm just sharing an idea here and there. But at the end of the day, I just decided that um, because I love talking to people, and I love asking the questions uh, and having interesting conversations, that that was the most authentic format for me because I want to know about other people. 
Um, but I also like to have that interesting back and forth. You know, I mean, it's not our podcast is one where it, it's not just interview style. It's more conversational in nature. And we ask questions, but uh, at the end of the day, we're looking for a good back and forth. And so I think part of the reason why was that just was the most authentic uh, style for me. I love that. And I love how your podcast has evolved over time. I mean, you have had multiple different formats. You've had some where you were the solo interviewer. You've had co-host most often. Um, usually that's Miles yep. Riley, one of our one of our friends that we've already mentioned. You've had a third co-host. You've had guest co-hosts. Can you tell me what kind of challenges um, that, that brings up when you're not the primary person doing the interview and multiple people are asking the person questions? Well, yeah, I think the first challenge we had when we had three co-hosts, it was it was hard for all of us to get on the same page. Um, and so we tried to figure out what does that look like? How do we how do we structure this? What's the flow? And at the end of the day, it just got to the point where we realized that uh, having three co-hosts at that time was probably not the best format. Um, different levels of commitment, different interests in the podcast. And so um you know, that was, uh, that format didn't quite work as well as we had hoped. And I think getting everybody on the same page so that there was a cadence and a flow and a rhythm to the podcast was, was really difficult. Now, I know some people that works great for them. Uh, but that just, it, it wasn't, uh, wasn't the best for us. And, you know, like I mentioned before, doing it by myself, uh, and interviewing another person that works fine from time to time. But uh, I really find a lot of value in having having a great mix of people there. In fact, recently, we've gone to interviewing people in-house, and we're going to be moving to more of a video-based podcast. We'll, we'll still be releasing audio, uh, but uh, we're releasing more video. Um, and, and one of the reasons that we've gone in that direction is because I want the podcast to feel... Uh, like a party. I think that if it's fun and enjoyable, people will get a lot more out of it. You know, we, we focus on personal growth and evolution, which in and of itself can be a heavy or a weighty topic. And I don't want the podcast to come across that way at all. I, I think that far too many people, people take their lives too seriously. And so by having the podcast in more of a lighthearted, fun, entertaining uh, format, I think that's going to be a better thing for us. That's great. I definitely want to talk about that. Before we do, um, I want to talk about you and your co-host. This has been the most, how should I say this? It's been the most kind of flowy that I've ever heard the two of you. I mean, you and and Miles and I were all part of a book club, which I have questioned you in the past. Was it a book club with a wine problem or a wine club with a book problem? <laughs> and so we're definitely used to having, <laughs> you know, great conversations between the, the, right. the three of us, but it's really challenging in a podcasting format when you're bringing somebody else on, but you guys are just, you're getting so refined with your process. It just really, truly gets better and better every time I listen. Yeah, I appreciate that. It's it's something that uh, definitely has taken some time, and we've had a lot of conversation uh, off uh, camera and off recording to talk about how does that how does that work? What does that flow look like? And I think that uh, when we decided on a few goals for the podcast, it really has just helped us to uh, create a lot better flow. And then we're we're very direct and and open with each other about what we think is working and what we think isn't working. And we don't pull any punches. We tell each other exactly what we think is working and exactly where we think we need to go. And I think that's been one of the keys to, uh, to seeing that flow improve over time. 
Can you tell us a little bit about your process of finding and vetting your guests? I think the highest compliment I can pay you um, for your podcast is you get me to care about things that I didn't think I cared about until I hear <laughs> some of your guests, which are incredible and they tell amazing stories. And, you know, I certainly am biased because I was one of your guests and I think my episode was by far the best one you've ever done. But anyway, <laughs> no doubt about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have had such a wide array of guests and have told so many amazing stories and helped your guests unlock those stories. Can you tell us a little bit about that process of finding interesting people and allowing them to share what they have to share on your show? Yeah, I think it's, it's, it's probably a couple of different things. One, uh, we go from like our little black book, uh, as, as we call it, you know, between Miles and myself, uh, and then our former co-host Casey, he had a few interesting people that he brought to the table. Uh, but it, it's just people we know that uh, we find very interesting, or people that we have some sort of uh, connection or affiliation to, and we thought, uh, God, they, they probably have an interesting story uh, to tell. And so I'd say a good majority of the people that we've interviewed up to this point are connections and people that we really feel like have some interesting stories. And then a few of them are just random people that we found either through social media or we've heard about their stories. Every once in a while, somebody will shoot a message and say, hey, you should interview this person. Um, and so we'll do a little bit of research to see if we don't know them, what what's interesting about them. From time to time, I'll jump on a Zoom call with someone or a phone call and just talk through their story. And I'll just say, you know, let's uh, let's explore if we've got an episode here. And so with the people that we don't know personally, uh, we'll jump on a call or Miles will, you know, he's met some people that he thought were, were interesting and say, hey, let's let's go to the bar and grab a drink or go to a coffee shop and they'll sit down and talk. And then we just present it to each other and say, hey, we've got so and so that we think is interesting. Let's get them on. Um, and then the, uh, you know, as far as vetting them out beyond that, it's uh, just a matter of getting a bio, getting uh, some sort of story or two or three points that we th think might be interesting. And we create a storyline or a line of questioning from there and then just let it flow. And I think that's one of the things that has been uh, the most fun is once we, we vet to a certain point, but then we also leave it open so that we can have a nice flow to the conversation. Well, you certainly achieved that. What are some of the best episodes you feel like you have done and, and the best guests that you've had on? I, it's, I know it's hard to choose, um, and I'd have a t yeah. hard time answering that question as well. But what are some of the ones that like really stand out? Well, it's interesting because some of them that I went into and I was like, oh, I, I just don't know how this one's going to go, really surprised me. You know, um, I mean, several, I thought were going to go great and they did. And, you know, like the episode we did with you, I thought was going to be a great one. And we had a great time with it. Um, and that was, that was a lot of fun. And then there are others where I think, hey, I'm, I'm just not so sure. Cause I'm not really sure about this topic. You know, we had one, uh, and the, the episode has not done well in terms of downloads because this guy doesn't have a massive following, but we interviewed a guy who was the mayor of North Las Vegas um, during a time where it was the fastest growing city in America, uh, large city in America. And it was fascinating talking about politics with somebody who had, um, you know, ostensibly he was a, it was a right wing Republican that was elected in a very diverse 
um, left-winged liberal area and talking about how did he do that and how did he achieve the success that he did and get reelected and essentially term out. I mean, that was a fascinating conversation uh, to talk about how uh, if a person truly just focuses on topics and issues that are important for people, that it doesn't matter what your political party is, you're going to be successful in that area. Um, so I think that was one that was really fascinating, really interesting. And then I, th- I would say it's hard to pick uh, an episode other than the fact that there are multiple people where I knew their, I knew, I know them and I knew their stories, but I didn't really know the depth of those stories until we got into it. And so, um, Again, hard to pick one, but I would say there are multiple out there where, uh, you know, friends of mine where I just was blown away as they started talking about their stories. And I'm thinking, how have I known you for all these years? And I never asked you this question. <laughs> uh, and I think that's part of what's fun about the podcasting is it, it forces us into a situation where we talk about things that maybe we wouldn't have talked about aside from this. Yeah, I agree. I mean, how many times have you and I had really deep conversations for for over a decade? And yet bringing yeah. you onto our show, I learned stuff about you that I didn't know. It's really it's really amazing. And I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned the mayor because that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say you get me to care about things that I would never care about. I don't want to listen to politics, but he was fascinating. Right. He was so fascinating. What What things do you think about when you are trying to formulate questions to unlock really interesting responses from your guests? Well, I, I want to, I want to get them to talk about their story in particular. Like what was it that took them from where they were to where they are now? And what were some of those inflection points or those points where there was a moment of disruption that pushed them in a different direction or, or made them go uh, further and faster you know, I want to. I want to think about um, how how did have they become a different person? What's some thinking that they used to believe that they no longer believe? And what's the you know what was the courage for them that they had to find in order to go into that next uh, space of their life? So I I just think through that process. One of the one of the things that's made it easy is as human beings we tend to discount some of the things that we do. And we tend to not think that what we do is very interesting and important. And so I kind of have an advantage knowing that most people discount their lives, that I can go into it and really bring out some amazing stories and some amazing things that they've done um, because they don't think it's very amazing. But yet when we put it out there, you know, we'll have people respond back and say, wow, that was unbelievable what that person did. So um, I just try and think about what is it that they that each individual did? Where are those inflection points? Where are those disruption points? And then uh, try and tell their story as best uh, best we can. I think the most important thing for us has just been to be authentic to ourselves. You know, I think that um, if I I actually don't go into a trying to think to myself, how can I be different than someone else? I just am authentically myself, and I think Miles is the same way. Where um, if he and I sit down and have a conversation with somebody, it's going to be unique because it's just the two of us being as authentic as we can be. And I think the challenge that some people get into is they, they may look at another podcast or they may look at another person and how they interview and say, well, I want to be like that. 
And while I would love to have the amount of downloads and views and all of that, that guys like Mike Rowe or Joe Rogan or some of these top podcasters have, you know, I'm not them. And so I'm not going to try and, uh, do something in a way that is their style because I have my own and miles has his own. And so we just try and be as authentic as possible. And, you know, the, the parts where we, uh, disagree on things, we actually try and play that up a little bit more because we believe that, you know, this is a form of entertainment. And so if people listen to our podcast and they hear miles say something and I give them a hard time or vice versa, you know, that's a, that's a typical thing for us in our conversations, but then we really try and play it up in the podcast to make it even, uh, you know, more entertaining. And so I think there's that true authenticity. If you're really interested in something, if you're really, uh, uh, passionate about something, that authenticity is going to come out and that's going to be unique. I love that. I love that you went there with authenticity. I think it creates an environment where the guest feels like they can also be authentic and you can unlock yeah. something that somebody else has not because they're trying to copy somebody else's style. So I love that point. Did you have to overcome um, a lot of resistance with that idea when you first got started? Well, yeah, I think with any any uh, creative endeavor, you're always overcoming resistance. I mean, the first and most important is the resistance to get started. Um, you know, that was at a certain point I had talked to enough people that had started that I finally just said the hell with it. We don't have everything we need and we haven't thought through all the details, but we're just starting. And so we're going to make mistakes along the way. Um, and that was probably the biggest resistance. And then I think the second biggest was just a matter of saying, okay, how, how true and authentic do I want to be to who I am as a whole person? Because, you know, in a, in a leadership situation, let's say that I'm leading a group of people in a professional setting, there's a, there's a significant portion of my personality that I will, that I'll either turn down, uh, or completely shut off. I might not be, um, authentically bold and brash. I might not be authentically, um, uh, humorous, you know, I may pull some of those things back in a professional setting. And so I think one of the, the points of resistance that I felt was just asking myself, okay, if, if there's 50 different aspects of who I am with my personality, um, am I going to show all 50 or am I going to choose these 25? And that's, that's who my, who and what my brand is going to be. Mm-hmm. And ultimately evolve is just a, an expression of who I am as an individual. And so I decided that in order for it to be successful, if we are going to be successful over time, uh, it needed to be all aspects of it. And, you know, I think about a conversation that I had with my dad one day and he said, Hey, listen to some of your recent episodes and you really do a good job. Uh, my only criticism is you cuss way too much. And I said, well, I actually think I cuss the exact amount that I want to cuss because it's, true and authentic to who I am. And I don't hold back. And, you know, that was a, that was a moment where, um, I, I realized that I was on the right track, uh, because I wanted to be a little bit disruptive to certain people. And, uh, not that I'm trying to go out there and just cuss for the sake of cussing, but, uh, I, I truly believe in certain things. And I believe that utilizing taboo words and utilizing things that, um, shock your system and disrupt are important in life. 
And that's authentic to who I am as a person. That's authentic to how I live my life. Um, and so that was, uh, I think that was probably the, one of the biggest pieces of disruption that I had to overcome was to just, or excuse me, uh, resistance that I had to overcome was just to say, I'm going to be completely authentic in all aspects of who I am. Man, I love that. I mean, what an opportunity for you to be unauthentic. You know, it's your own dad giving you a criticism. That's really hard to overcome and to, to, you know, hear that and appreciate that and still decide to do it your own way and your own style, I think is phenomenal. I, I, that's so cool. You mentioned success and, you know, we kind of have a fixed definition of what success is before we realize that success can have a lot of different definitions. And so what things, either objective or subjective, tell you that you are successful with your podcast? Yeah, um, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, that's one that I think it's really tough for me to determine because it's so new. You know, there are times where I look at the fact that we have dropped over 40 episodes, uh, full length episodes, but we've got over 90, almost 100 total episodes with some of our short episodes down. And so it feels like we've done a lot. But at the same time, I have to look back and say, you know what, here I am in November, and we just started this thing in February. So, um, you know, the fact that I'm trying to determine what the hell success is, uh, almost seems a bit egotistical, but I do it way too often. I look at the numbers, and I go really excited when I'm when the numbers look good. And then when the numbers look like shit, I'm like, ah, maybe we should stop doing this. Are we really making a difference? So, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe a year or two from now, I'll know what success uh, is supposed to be. But I have a hard time defining it right now, just because I don't really have enough reps in the business to say um, that we've achieved that. If if there is any point of success, uh, it's the fact that we have made it this far. Um, we have had downloads in I don't know, well over 20 countries right now. And for some reason, in the last few weeks, we're bigger in Mexico than we have been in the U.S., which I have no <laughs> idea why. Um, we're not promoting anything in Mexico, but uh, we don't promote anything anywhere. But uh, for some reason in Mexico, we, we shot up in the last two or three weeks. And then, um, you know, we've, we've transitioned recently into a new studio, and we're doing these uh, the video-based podcasts, and we're getting people coming in to the studio, which is making it a lot more fun, um, and more of a party. So the fact that we, uh, you know, we are achieving that part of my vision of doing it in house like that, I think that's been, uh, that's been a point of success. But aside from that, I really don't know what success is or how to define it right now. Mm. Well, I think that's a fair answer, honestly. And one of the things I really love about that answer is you you have already verbally committed to continuing to do this process. I see so many, so, so many podcasts that have started, they did five episodes, nobody downloaded them, and so they stopped. And they weren't willing to continue yeah. to do the hard work that it takes to have that staying power. And I feel like I've got that same commitment with Boundless Body. Like, I'm going to continue doing that, and, and I'm going to continue making mistakes. And that is something to me that is worth suffering with and struggling with and making mistakes for and refining constantly. That's right. something that's worth it. And, and so I really love that answer, and I love that kind of commitment. You might not know what success is now, but you already know that you are willing to put the reps in for years to come. That, I think that's so important, and it's so rare out there with a lot of people who are starting podcasts. Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think that – well, and, and really, with anything in life, it takes time to uh, 
to develop the skills to get good at something. And I think we're just really getting started. You know, I mean, I had a radio show for a year and a half or so, but I felt like towards the tail end of that is when I first started getting into a good rhythm of what should that look like. And so, you know, with, with only being into this now a few months, I don't think that we have the knowledge base and the skill set to be great at it. So I think, uh, I think just sticking to something and saying, we're going to make the mistakes. We're going to have fun with it. Uh, not take ourselves too seriously. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, I'm a driven person. I want to, I want to achieve goals. I just have a hard time knowing what goals to set right now. And so I'm, I'm giving us a little bit of grace to say, let's just have fun with it. And then once we establish a baseline, maybe after a year, year and a half, um, we could start to set some more definitive goals from there. Mm, I love that. That's a great answer. I feel like so far in this conversation, we've talked a lot about, you know, finding interesting people, asking interesting questions. I feel like you are really, really strong there. Um, you mentioned kind of the process of podcasting. What has been one thing that you felt like in the beginning, especially you were really weak with and that you had to really learn a, a new way of doing things or progress um, or evolve through that process? Well, I think the first thing is just understanding the setup and the production. You know, I am not, uh, I, I can understand the technology, but I have a harder time. Uh, that's something that doesn't necessarily come easy for me. And so I have to figure out uh, my rhythm and my routine. I remember the first podcast, it took me probably three and a half, four hours of editing. And then when I realized that I was taking such a long time in editing, that it was both a technical issue, but it was also an issue that we just didn't produce a good podcast. And so I threw that one away and said, all right, we're doing that one again. Uh, so I think the technical piece, but then also understanding how to keep the flow and keep it loose, but have a framework to it. Um, you know, great podcast in my mind where, it, where it's like a format similar to ours, should be a great conversation, but there should have a, a frame and a structure to it to where you feel like you're being entertained uh, and educated along the way. So I think those are probably the two most important things that I've had to learn and grow in is the technical aspect, but then also the um, uh, how to balance the rigidity of a line of questioning without it feeling rigid and keeping it into more of that conversational style. Mm. Okay, so for this next question, this could be hardware or software. What is your very favorite piece of equipment and or, again, like software, like the one thing that you would jettison the very last, what would that be? Um, you know, for, we've kept it so simple at the beginning. We just were recording over Zoom, microphones, and then, you know, I would utilize my iPad for everything, uh, editing and uploading. So I would say the uh, the most important pieces were the mic, the headphones, and the iPad. Um, and, you know, as far as what I would get rid of, I don't, I don't know that I would get rid of anything because we just kept things so simple uh, at the beginning. If anything, I would get rid of um, that simplicity because I, <laughs> I, I think we probably needed a little bit more. We needed a mixing board. We needed a few other things. And so as I look at and listen to some of the uh, episodes that we've recently done where we actually have a mixing board on everything, it sounds a lot better. So 
I think I would get rid of the simplicity and make it a little bit more complex over time so that uh, sound quality and everything is much better. <laughs> I love that. It fits into the next question perfectly, too. We, we talk a lot about evolution and disruption, and you have changed your format several times, and you've already mentioned this new open studio. So can you tell us a little bit more about the studio change and how that's going to disrupt and evolve your podcast? Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, it, it gets people in-house more, which is great. Um, so we, we have a, a much easier flow to the conversation when people are just sitting right there. Um, I think the other thing is that uh, it, it's actually opened us up to just having random people that work for us. Um, at a, I, so I run a marketing team for a tech company called Udo. And the uh, team that uh, is helping to uh, set up the podcast, I'll just have some of my employees pop their heads in and say, well, this looks fun. And uh, so last couple of episodes we've done in-house, we've actually had uh, members of our team sit down and uh, co-host uh, and just have fun with the party. So I think that's one of the evolutionary pieces. My vision when I started this a long time ago, or back in February, whenever it was, was that uh, I'd like to have just a group of fun, interesting people sitting in a room, hanging out, having a great time and laughing. And so I think that's really where we're at in this next stage of evolution is having as many people show up to the party as possible. And I think one of the things that makes it um, an interesting disruption is if people want to jump in, I'll just say, hey, feel free to sit here. If you have a question, pipe up. Um, and that's it. And so I think disrupting by throwing in random people into the mix, um, it doesn't make them feel like they have to take over and, uh, you know, there's no pressure there, but at the same time, it brings some interesting perspectives and makes it a lot of fun. Mm, interesting. I wonder if you have a specific instance that you're thinking about where bringing somebody else in added some type of nuance or asked a question or unlocked something from one of your guests that you maybe weren't thinking about, but became like super interesting. Yeah, I think interesting and funny. So um, last week we were interviewing a couple of uh uh, people that uh, women that are in their forties that have stayed really fit. They've developed this hiking group for women. And so, uh, the lady that jumped in with us, uh, she works for us as a, as a writer at Udo. And she said, well, this sounds really interesting because I'm in my fifties. I didn't get in shape until I was 40. Can I sit in and ask some questions? And she had some really poignant questions, but then the other thing that we found out, um, well, I knew, uh, and that was really fascinating. I think funny was she and miles, my co-host really connected because they both like to box. Uh, but then Kim, this lady who jumped in with us, she, she's got a really good voice. Um, and so when she got on and she started playing around with her voice and saying, hello, miles who miles lives in Ohio. So he records, uh, you know, remotely with us. And Miles is like, oh my gosh, I love your voice. So they had this really funny interaction throughout the entire episode where we were just dying laughing. It was like this flirtatious back and forth because Miles loved Kim's voice. So <laughs> I think that was one of those situations that just brought a curveball into it that we had not expected. I figured that she'd have a few good questions, you know, coming from being 80, 90 pounds overweight until she got into her 40s to talk to these guests. But it was the sexy voice uh, <laughs> inter interplay between her and Miles that, uh, you know, created some fun disruption there. 
Man, I love that. I think we try so hard to control everything all the time, and it makes our egos feel great when we think we have control of something we really don't. So I really love that approach to just letting things flow freely. Has it been difficult to have these ideas of what you kind of want to talk about, but also be willing to throw those aside if the conversation goes a different direction? Um, not really. That part is, um, I, I would much rather just have a conversation flow than get through all of my questions. And that's kind of my goal each time. I think what's more difficult for me is to come up with all the questions and feel like I have to get through them all because the conversation is not flowing as well. And we've had a few of those where I think it worked out well. Um, I don't think it was a you know complete failure. Um, but I like the conversations flowing more than I like saying, okay, I'm going from the next question to the next question to the next question. And what I find is oftentimes when the conversation flows, we I'll look down at my questioning and I'll think, okay, we hit on every topic, even though we didn't hit on every question. So, um, yeah, the harder thing for me is going question by question. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I think it's a good idea to kind of storyboard a few things, but also, like you said, like flow with the conversation. You do such a great job of that. It's one of the reasons why the Evolve podcast is, you know, one of very few that I can, I basically can count on one hand podcast. I listen to every single episode. I always learn not only from your guests, but from you and your co-hosts and the way you do things. It really helps me with my process and try to find ways to, you know, incorporate more of that flow into my conversations. What advice would you give to somebody who's listening to this, that's maybe thinking about podcasting or maybe they just started. What, what advice would you give to somebody who is looking to go down this path of podcasting? Just start and put content out there and realize that you're going to make a lot of mistakes and you're going to fail and that's okay. So if, uh, if that's, if you want to get going then get going, you know, I, I think that it's far too, far too often. We just don't try, um, number one, and then we don't stick to things. And so I would say just start and then just stick with it. Mm. We already mentioned the resistance, and I know that both of us have a shared interest in Stephen Pressfield and his book, The War of Art, which is phenomenal. Yes. And I think one of the yep. strongest forms of resistance is, yes, I'm going to do this for sure tomorrow. <laughs> and tomorrow yeah. never comes. And so I think that's such great advice to just start, um, you know, push record. That's the hardest thing to do when you're thinking about something like this. And you're right. I, that's a really great, great piece of advice. Where can people find you and where can people find your show? Um, yeah. So I, easiest uh, way to find me is on Instagram at Steve Cutler with an underscore at the end or evolve uh, underscore cast. Uh, those are the two pages that we update the most on Instagram. Uh, they can find the podcast really on any podcasting app. Uh, and it's the Evolve podcast. But if they want to find us uh, for the first time, it might be easiest just to go to evolve-cast.com. And you'll have access to the, uh, to the podcast there. Fantastic. We will link all of that in the show notes. Steve Cutler, it is just always such a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm so grateful for you and your life for everything that you've helped me with um, in my personal and business life. I really enjoy our conversations, including this one. So thank you so much, host of the Evolve podcast. Thanks again for coming on to our show today. We really appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, 
Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Thank you.